Scarlet with coins to dabble the brain. And salt to pay the loins. Get ready to laugh, get ready to drive. Strap on your seatbelt for no 35. We're the drivers, you're the passengers. To clock the shop with John Hasper. Sore from work, you better ice it. Get ready, kiddies. It's time to slice it. Ooh. We have a great show, so count all the coins to dazzle the brain and saute the loins. Get ready to laugh, get ready to jive. Buckle up, bitch. It's Nerd 35. We'll take the car out of park, and you're the passenger. With Clark the Shark and John Hassinger. Too hot in the city. You better ice it. Buckle up, kiddies. It's time to slice it. Two people doing this podcast... Invented it. Wait, I said the podcast. Okay, let's go podcast. Oh, no. Hey! 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 persecution by letting people know that you're filming them no shit <laughs> hey you want to come in you want to come in on skype what do you do for a living i judge naked bodies you want to be a model here in hollywood yes maybe on skype at seven o'clock what do you think the ratio of the success on on that old gag is nowadays you know like where <laughs> you should model you want to come over to my studio and i'll photograph you like, I feel like that game is dead. I feel like that game is dead, too. And now it's probably just, I could get you to be an influencer. Let's see your grand picks. Now, you know what it is? It's, you could be an influencer. You should be an influencer. <laughs> Let me run your page. You know what's sad is there's, like, influencers that have, like, 500,000 to, like, 10 million followers. And they're, like, actually influencers. But then there's the people... That are trying to be influencers, but they're only up to like four thousand. So it's just a sad girl, like posting nude photos of herself at that point. Like, because you're not really an influencer, you're just trying. Right. It's like that's something uh, that's almost this. It's like the same thing as like I want to be famous. It's like hardly anyone who's famous like sustainably wanted to be famous they just do something great that everybody likes right you know like you're i'm gonna be an influencer what all you're just gonna predict what everyone's gonna love and be influenced by you're crazy <laughs> the, the the masses like dictate that and and how do you like aspire to that say that's like your family like if you're between the ages of like 20 and 30 and they're like what are you doing it's like oh i'm an actor or i'm a comedian i'm you know i'm struggling i'm trying it's like oh okay cool but what if you're like 25 so what are you doing now that you graduated from north carolina university well i'm trying to be an influencer so you're just taking pictures so you're a photographer well no no just i want to influence you want to influence people to do what uh, like 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 me <laughs> like I mean, like it's really that's your whole gimmick like when you want to be an influencer and you set out to be an influencer you really just want lots of likes and <laughs> shares and follows we should have an influencer show and like contact influencers and be like hey we want to interview about some product promotion hope you like maseratis join us in the podcast when right. they come here just berate them 
who's like the bottom of the barrel of influencers today? You know, like people that are just starting out trying to influence. We could help get their message across. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna influence by just being them. I I think it's fun. It'd be funny if you just try to be if you're an influencer, but it's like the first two weeks of it. So it's like, oh, you only have like 30 followers. It's like, yeah, well, I just started. And you look at their pictures, and it's like a car, a tractor, and then like the thong bikini. And then you're like, oh, okay, so you're just starting off. So you're just a whore at this point. It's like this shot, like all the shots are all like accidental perfect cleavage. You know what I mean? Like it's really like, look at the new ponytail I did today. Meanwhile, the boobs are like perfectly smushed together, like placed perfectly in focus. I, I love that. And I love because I always see it as soon as you log into Instagram before you like search or look at your notifications, it's always suggestions. So it's uh, or not even suggestions. If you search for someone, the, the first thing they do is pop up suggestions. And it's always what you just said. It's like a girl, some hot girl dressing in a situation you normally wouldn't be dressed for that situation. Like they're at the gym and oh, they're like yeah. half nude. And you're like, nobody, nobody dresses like that, like at 24 hour fitness or they're like by an apple tree in like a field and it's like why why are you half naked by in, in that that field oh my gosh besides yeah, like, the fact that it's a, it's a pretty backdrop like the awkward the awkward pictures like the awkward settings for like sexy poses you know like on, you know on a dumpster or, or <laughs> something like that where it's like you you do realize where you are, right? That's <laughs> you shouldn't wear like you should wear more clothing if you're going to be in an area like that, right? Should you wear something more responsible? Right. Our first guest tonight is Gabe D. Severio. He owns the company, the Spicy Shark. He is here to celebrate with us for uh, Shark Week this week. And uh, he, we have a cool Jaws. Trivia, he's apparently a very big Jaws fan. He just purchased a 75 Chevy Blazer and is restoring it to Chief Brody caliber. So I'm excited to hear about that. Dude, that is amazing. I remember you texted that to me. And I didn't, like, I, I like, read it, like, you know, I, like, sped read it. Oh, yeah. I, th- I probably sp- sp- sped wrote it. Or ADHD's kicking in. And I'm like, here you go. Sorry, there's... Doobie is taking a while to get going. Um, Ooh, I spoke no, like, real thick. I like it. It was like a lot of. It was like three or four facts of information that you thrust uh, <laughs> gently upon me, and instead of addressing each one one by one, there was a lot of them where I was like, "Oh, I can just save this for the show," uh, because obviously that's fucking awesome that he is restoring a car to make it look like Chief Brody's car from Jaws. Yeah, and and from what I read, I saw it on Instagram. He like went down to North Carolina during the pandemic and like bought this thing and was like driving it back up to his place in New England. I think he lives in like Maine or Vermont or something. And was doing this. And I was like, that is so cool. Like you're you're a really big Jaws fan. Like I I consider yeah. myself like hey, I'm a big Jaws fan. You are? Yeah, I watch it every year, but it's like I don't know I'm not restoring the Chief Brody Jeep. To me, that's as cool as like having a Jurassic Park Jeep. I was just going to say, to me, that is my equivalent of buying like a 1998 Corvette black and turning it into the Batmobile. It's the same thing. Well, I mean, the Batmobile is a little higher on the level of icons, 
Uh, but still, same idea. Yeah, same, but uh, same level, it, level of fandom. Or the bat wing with your little auto gyro. Let us see where he is. Submarine, bat marine. When's Bob joining us? Uh, I guess we could Skype him in. Oh yeah, he was. He was very. He's always. He always puts himself down. He's like, I'm just lucky to be there. I was like, dude, you're a great part of the show. It's always fun, and I mean it. And I was like, let's, you know, I was like, we're having guests on tonight. Why don't you like join us? He's like, no, no, I don't want to mess it up. You, oh and my I'm like, dude, God, I'm gonna great. So, right, like, and it's funny because you know Bob knows so much about whatever he's interested in, and I know he listens to a fair amount of podcasts, and I swear he just like studies how they operate, and he like is so natural at it, even though. Prior, I wouldn't have expected him to be natural on a podcast. No, he's yeah, a smart guy. I didn't. I didn't really know him, but I, I feel like he's flawless on the yeah. show. Yeah, totally flawless. Uh, we have uh, Corey Ridings, our other good friend from Ocean Conservancy, joining us tonight. She, this will be the fourth. This will be the fifth time she's on. Uh, I can't seem to get through to Gabe. He might be having some issues, so I think I think we can pot in Corey in, in just a few minutes. She. I think she's at the office like she was last year at the Ocean Conservancy HQ. And I always picture it to be like her swimming with a mask on and like jellyfish. And there's like Aquaman in the back. And it, it looked like a regular office. I was a little disappointed. Yeah, like I expect her to be like, you know, in like Iron Man, whenever they would like go down to his like workshop, he'd be like in the suit and like flying. She's right. like un- underwater, like talking to fish. Yeah, like things are going on. There's a jellyfish massaging her, but she's not getting stung because there's an like octopus. An octopus. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, she's immune to jellyfish stings because yeah, she's been in the water so much her entire life. She's just like immune to their what is it, venom? <laughs> it is venom, isn't it? Mm. Their poison. I mean, if I feel like poison from a living thing is just venom. It is just venom. Yeah. Great song, by the way. Great movie. Oh yeah, Venom. I forgot Eminem did that. That, is, that song. I mean, it's so fucking cookie cutter commercial, but it's still good. Yeah, I love that movie. I thought it was it was funnier than uh, I remember. Like, like Venom's primarily a villain, but he's right. so popular that he they kind of made him like a good guy at times. Uh, yeah. So they kind of went like both ways, where it was like like when they would talk to each other, it was funny. And he's like an anti-hero, and it was funny, and it worked, and he's a great actor, too. Oh, my God. He's like, he's like one of the best. He's like maybe tier two, right below, like, Hanks and uh, Day-Lewis. Oh, yeah. And uh, John Stamos. <laughs> but yeah, Stamos and uh, Brendan Fraser. Stamos is due for a comeback, I think. Because remember, he ha- he had, he's been having one for like 20 years, but he hasn't really done anything. No, it's just like he, he's due for like something good. It's just like people like him. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, he's a likable guy. Wasn't he on like one of the episodes of the the reboot? Yeah, yeah, I think I don't, I don't remember how many, but Fuller House oh, looks like a mighty fine joint. Tweet us at the underscore podcastle and follow John Dicks. on Twitter at the Comic John for all of your juicy comic book hero news. It's like Rob Lowe made a comeback, uh, big time. And why hasn't John Stamos? And I, I thought John Stamos was a good actor. I thought so too. I think he. I think he is. Yeah. Like on that show, like I believed all three of those stooges. I did too. 
I believe Gladstone because he had like heart, you know. He was very consistent. See, all those characters were very consistent. Danny was clean, Jesse was cool in music and kind of like struggling, and Joey was funny. Yeah. They were very and, That's a good point. Welcome to the podcast. So we're breaking down Fuller House. <laughs> no, Full House, the original. Yes. The character development of the male uh, guardians of the house. Right. I mean, Not Joe yet. Biden picked a running mate this week. We still have coronavirus, but we're going to discuss 1989's Full House series. Coronavirus. Dude, someone. Coronavirus. coronavirus. Shit is getting real. Uh, somebody like baited Trump today uh, with a question about Kamala Harris's parents, about like her parents weren't like born here. And she's not eligible to be the VP. And Trump was like, Kamala wasn't born here. <laughs> I was like, God, well done, reporter. Like, you knew he was going to respond that way. That's, that's brilliant. He, he mentioned her parents weren't born here. The reporter did. And then Trump took it as, I need to see a birth certificate. Right, like he went right back there. He's like, oh, I'm going to take this further. Oh, she's not born here. And now he said it. He, someone asked, like, you know, like, he, it, the, the word is out, and now right. they can just run with that. Because forever, well, forever, for the first, like, two days, the main feedback I keep hearing is Kamala Harris doesn't have many holes to poke. Like, they don't know what angle to take with her to, like, fuck with her. So they're yeah. going to, like, the oldest trick in the book. <laughs> I can see that. They don't know, like, how to spin it. Right, because so like, she's, like, testing. a bit of a badass, but also very, like, giving. Yeah, she was a prosecutor in California, so she knows how to, like, get shit done. My name is Kamala. My name is Kamala. Don't want no drama la. If you're scared, then you better call your mama la. Kamala. My Maya name is Kamala. Maya Rudolph's Kamala Harris makes me love Kamala Harris, and that's really the only way I can judge somebody. Oh, and of course. Every time she's on, she has some sort of, like, cocktail. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. And you made a good point, too. You said... Maya Rudolph's going to have like four steady years of work on SNL doing this. It is perfect. It's so funny. Bob said that in our like thread. Uh, but I was about to tweet it. And then I saw someone else had already tweeted it. So I was like, oh, man, everyone uh, went to this one right away. That's like what everyone thinks now. Yeah. Oh, of course. Just play them on SNL. Kabbalah. Uh, Kabbalah. Let's bring in Corey Ridings, our next guest. Our first guest is Corey Ridings of the Ocean Conservancy. She has been on the Shark Week, the Podcastle Shark Week Extravaganza for five years running. And I know. On, oh my god, there she is. Hey. How hey, are you Corey? doing? Great. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Oh, oh my. someone's blowing up. <laughs> just you guys on my phone. Thanks for coming on the show again for the fifth year in a row. We're we're very happy to have amazing. you. Amazing. No, thank you. I don't know if you can see me. I'm wearing my Ocean Conservancy shirt today. It's awesome. I love it. Thank you. Oh, where'd you get that one? This was a gift from my parents for Christmas. It's uh, <laughs> Save the Straw on the back. It's really cool. Oh. Yeah. I like it. We have lots of cool swag. There's, um, you know, we have like stuffed little otters and dolphins and cool t-shirts and hats. Whenever I go back to our DC office, which not doing much these days, but yeah. always try to sneak into the closet where all that stuff lives and steal a bunch for myself. Oh yeah, it's awesome. John has a cool like hat too, like a winter hat. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The, 
the sea turtle winter cap that I don't really get to wear often down here in Florida. But uh, the one or two days where it gets cold enough, I, I always rock that one. Yeah. But th- happy Shark Week. Thanks for being on the show. We're very happy to have you. How have you been doing with everything going on in the world the last eight months? Right. Have you been able to save with the pandemic floating around? <laughs> These, I hope so. It's been, uh, it's been an interesting journey watching how this has affected how we, how we save the ocean, how management works, how policy works. And I mean, as I'm sure you guys are paying attention to the news and seeing what's going on in the world, it's just a strange time. So it's inspiring in some ways and incredibly, incredibly depressing in others. Yeah, we were talking on a show earlier about how it has been inspiring the way that with no influence from up above, uh, just people have been really creative on like, all right, well, I guess this is just how we have to do it now. So we'll just do it kind of differently. But we have no other choice because we've seen The Walking Dead and we understand that this thing will just spread and there's no stopping it unless you shut down. It is. It does kind of show us all that we can actually change if we need yeah. to. We can it's true. Oh. Yeah, and it's crazy how everything is unfolded. Hey, who's that? Oh, this is my cat, PK. Oh, PK. She had a little vet appointment today, so she's high as a kite right now. Ooh, oh. a little gabapetin for the little pussy cat. Oh my gosh, you know about that? Yeah. We we've taken our we have two cats. We've one we've had to take to the vet uh, a bunch of times this past year for different things. Oh. So we become friends with gabapetin, and we know very well how to hide it and administer it, and pill pouches and all that jazz. So I hope she's okay, or he's okay. Very familiar. Is your cat a boy or a girl? Yeah, we, uh, she's a girl, and it was a very good visit. So we're we're relieved. She has some pretty big health issues, but came out all good today. So that was everything's that good. Was good. Yeah, I cool. have, I have I have a cat with health issues. Like I thought these things oh, were shady. like the most un like the most like evolved animal in the wild. <laughs> like they're they're born with like ripped muscles. You know, like they're so <laughs> equipped to like just defeat. And this cat has cost like close to ten grand in, in <laughs> hospital bills. I'm like, this. There's no way a kid's gonna cost this much, right? <laughs> it's crazy how much. How yeah, it, it just. And it, I feel like it happens a lot. Like it snowballs. When one thing happens, like a bunch of things happen. Next thing you know, you're, you're like, yeah, you're in luck. You know, they're family members. So yeah. you just up your wall. Yeah, you're like, take my credit card, take my house, like take it all. I got a car out there, like. Oh yeah. Well, we we do. We have uh, we have a lot of pets here. We have like a small zoo, so we go to the one vet around here the in Tarzana a lot. Yeah, right. So it's like birds, snakes, cats. So we'll go there, and at this point, they answer the phone. They're like, "Hey, Matt." I'm like, "Hey, Laura. <laughs> how you doing?" But like, the doctors called us like on a Friday night to check in. You know, like it's. I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm probably the, the best customer, but it's sad because it's like that means an animal's getting, you know a checkup or getting or hurt or something like that. There's always some issue with like so many animals. Um, yeah. You're but, just increasing your probability of vet visits. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, happy shark week. I wanted to talk to you uh, about ocean conservancy. What are you guys um, like focusing on this time of year, you know, with everything going on with the pandemic? Um, are you, is there like a certain initiative that you guys are pushing that you're trying to, you know, get out there and, and really focus on? 
We don't have sort of any like organization-wide initiative that we're pushing especially hard right now. In fact, with COVID, a lot of our work has been focusing on making sure that people are safe and that people can still participate in the political process um, safely and to make sure that there's no barriers for people getting to those meetings or participating in those. So trying to just keep things moving, um, yeah, and ensuring that you know, as we talk about COVID and we talk about the oceans and things like that, you know, the link isn't very strong and that's okay. Um, the priority is just making sure that everyone's okay and trying to keep our programs on track and just keep doing what we do just remotely. Are you, are you guys doing pretty well as far as like, you know, retaining donors and like, is the ship still moving pretty strong? It despite is. Despite everything? Yeah, it was when this was all first going on, I think everybody in the nonprofit community, especially for those of us in the envir environmental nonprofit community, were thinking, oh, my God, is this it? You know, like, yeah, this, you know, it's obviously such a big shock and we haven't seen the end of it. And who knows what's going to happen with the economy at a macro scale. Um, but so far, we've done pretty well. And in terms of talking with colleagues in other conservation groups, everyone's doing pretty well there, too, I think. It'll be really interesting to see where we're at next year this time and see if, you know, if our individual donors are still sort of wanting to give to groups like ours to see if the foundations, you know, how are their investments doing, that kind of stuff and see if they have, um, you know, if they're still interested in the work we do. I, I suspect there's probably going to be um, a slight shift towards more of a social focus. Um, even within thinking about how we save and protect the ocean, you know, refocusing a little bit on the people aspect of that, you know, and, and recognizing that there are social justice aspects of that. Um, and so, um, yeah, just shifting the dial a little bit to think about it a little bit differently in light of what's been going on in the country. Yeah, that's perfect. And, and I see, you know, I follow Ocean Conservancy on like all the platforms, um, and with that, all the social movements going on in the country this year, you know, the rise with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, all of the civil, uh, you know, the protests and, and things going across, you guys as a, you know, environmental uh, nonprofit, uh, I think has done a really great job of kind of assimilating your message to kind of hit those those avenues of what's going on, um, which, is, which is really cool and, and not, not easy to do, I wouldn't imagine, but it translated very nicely. It didn't look you know force you know you see a lot of like companies they'll like change their instagram right. profile to black and it's like a gas station and you're like <laughs> come on dude you're you're but I, I feel like you guys have done a really good job like navigating through what these. is that what you know like what does that thanks look like? that's good to hear that that's what you see i mean it's something that's really important to our organization and something that i know is important to our leadership and our ceo and that was really great to see as a staffer, just sort of that this is something that actually matters to people and it's been an opportunity to grow that, so. Sweet. What were you gonna ask, John? I'm sorry, I didn't I mean just, to... I, like when you say on like a social scale, Corey, what does that, you know, look like? Like trying, trying to, I guess, get even deeper at the root of the problem of like, uh, you know, pollution and just bad eating habits and we're slobs so then we treat the earth like you know a slob we are slobs you know? <laughs> we, like sure. we eat all this mass-produced junk chemically pumped food and just the trash is piling up yeah well you know incorporating people and it is thinking about things like that like who are the end users 
um, not making sure that communities of color or poor neighborhoods are bearing disproportionate burdens of things like trash incinerators uh. um, and ensuring things like you know, on the West Coast and with fisheries, and same with Alaska and Canada, um, just American Indian tribes, you know, can they be included in the conversation and making sure there's room at the table and respecting the needs of those communities as they fit into the larger picture of ocean management and policy. So being inclusive in how we promote ocean conservation and being inclusive in how how we think about management you wrote a, you penned an article recently i encourage the listeners like to check this out um it's called lessons from COVID 19 an important overlap between people and policies and you've talked about the importance of um sustainable fishing and management of fisheries in the past i think you talked about it on the first show you were on but uh new challenges like COVID 19 and climate change uh, you touch on this in your blog. What what do you, what do you what do you think about that? Like, what are the challenges with COVID nineteen? Is it nobody is going to be able to do this because of of the shutdown, or or the landscape's going to change? Like, can you can you elaborate yeah, a little so bit on like, that? Yeah, like thinking yes, about please. our commercial fishing sort of enterprise as a nation. What? How do we make sure that the way we manage our fisheries and the system that we have set up is robust enough, is strong enough, is resilient enough to be able to withstand sort of unforeseen change. So something like COVID, right? Like I don't think any of us saw COVID coming, what was it, what it was gonna look like. We could not have predicted the state and the impacts it was gonna have on commercial fishing, recreational fishing as well, but just talking about commercial in terms of it has a larger sort of impact through the economy. Um, so, you know, we couldn't have seen that, but how has the system adjusted? Have we met the needs of our fishermen? Have we met the needs of our fishing communities? Have we met the needs of all of us? Can we still have, you know, delicious fresh seafood available without putting fishermen and fishing communities at risk? What does that look like? And I certainly don't have all the answers. I don't think anyone knows for sure. Um, I think you, know, you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I definitely don't, for the record. Um, <laughs> but I, it, it kind of mirrors the same thing as some of the impacts we've been seeing recently in climate change. You know, we had that warm blob that came up about five years ago in the ocean, and it created what scientists call a no analog state. So the ocean had this shock, and it really impacted the ecosystem in a very rapid way that wasn't expected. And how can we? you know, prepare our management system so that it can better sort of weather these these no analog events and these unpredictable events, you know, whether they come from something completely unrelated to fisheries, like a little virus, or whether they come in the form of something environmental like climate change. 100%. What? Oh, go ahead, John. What red blob? I'm sorry, the warm blob. What is a warm blob? What, what, is the, what was that? Oh, I'm sorry. I, um, the warm blob, which don't is... Don't apologize. I'm just... I'm, I'm dumb. <laughs> no, no, I live in I'm my own dumber. little little fishy West Coast I, world, I, and I forget not everybody like thinks about this stuff all the time. Um, the warm blob is actually a marine heat wave, 
And in the North Pacific, kind of somewhere triangulating between Alaska, Canada, and Washington, this gigantic mass of warm water showed up at the surface of the ocean. And it changed a lot of the oceanographic and then consequently sort of the biological processes that were happening across almost the entire Eastern Pacific Ocean. So as fishermen and managers and scientists, there was just like, what is this thing? Where did it come from? What's going on? And everybody had kind of been suspecting it was climate change, but they weren't sure. And now it has been definitively tied to climate change. Um, But it was something, I think there hadn't been the like, there's like one other on record and it was just, just this really bizarre event and it, it really changed what was happening in the ocean. So do you I think that's, that's like the earth's like first experience of like acid indigestion? It's like, whoa, <laughs> what are you doing up there? What is guys? this? <laughs> Settle down there with your plastic. Jeez. I, I gotta give that's you crazy. credit to that is crazy. It's called the warm blob. The warm blob, yeah. That's like my neighbor. His name's Jim. He's really fat. He probably's gonna lose. A- no, I can't. I can't. I can't make. I should have made. I can't. I do give you credit though, a lot of credit, and Ocean Conservancy because you guys tackle the grassroots issues of everything going on. It's not just like, hey, save a whale, donate five bucks. I mean, which which is good too, but but you really talk about you know things like it really boils down to countries and leadership implementing policies you know you talk about sustainable fishing and some village in taiwan i'm making this up but there are villages like this that might be you know fishing a species to extinction just because it tastes good or they've done that for years and the fishermen that that will catch them is or you know it's not sustainable in the sense that they're they're just going out there and getting what they can and they, they don't care for you know the the impact it has and it's up to and no one's going to stop that um, within the company or whatever, or whatever you know, food supply is benefiting from that because it's money and it's food. So it's up to government to step in and go like, "Yo, we, you can't do this," or "This is not there." And it doesn't mean you can't eat fish, but I feel like you guys do a really good job of educating the masses of you should have, you know, this area, this region of the world shouldn't be eating this species because there's there's not many left, and they're they're going to go extinct in ten years. And I feel like you. Explain that very well and educate people for idiots like me to understand that, like, oh no, we, you know, we shouldn't be eating this, or that's not good, and it it does help people, I think, change the mindset, yeah, of how they feel things like that. We're so tiny, and it's hard to wrap your head around the whole, you know, globe all kind of working together. And if we put like a dent in like an important part of it, it's gonna like have this domino effect. And it, it's just sometimes like a tough message to get across. It's like, how's yeah. climate change going to change? It's not going to hurt me. All right, well, polluted water, that's climate change. Start there. And right. Uh, yeah. I know. It's really interesting. I mean, even something like so true. in the U.S., we have this amazing system of fisheries management. We have one of the best, if not the best system in the world. And we still have... Yeah so much trouble in looking around, especially for like those of us in California. Um, it's like, are we just going to watch salmon go extinct as these rivers and streams dry up as water is diverted for agribusiness? And it's just, it's really disheartening. And it does, it does really draw attention to the issue of, okay, we need to be, we need to do more and we need to do better. 
And hopefully when we can, we can help other places across the world and also learn from other places across the world um, because it is exactly what you said. It's just so connected. Right. And lead by example, which I think you guys are doing. And I think the U.S. needs to do when you talk. I mean, maybe not with this leadership and and I won't get political, but you, you talked about the agro business, you know, uh, water, you know, streams for salmon and, and, and other species are being, you know, diverted to make use to feed cows and water. Ca- that's only getting bigger. There's just too many people. There's too many fat people that need to eat. And they're just making these like giant monster. I mean, you can't say that, but I can. It's these huge monstrosities. And that's only getting worse. So I feel like that's, that's a really good, you know, step to do and really important because it's, it's like, yeah, we got to do something about this. Right. That's crazy. How much that's happening? I read something on I think your website the other day about that, and it's wild. Are you are you on the front lines of that as as one of your like one of your job duties or with the agriculture stuff, agro farming? Like we don't actually do a lot of that. Duties. I would like to see us more involved instead of defending salmon. Um, but agriculture is incredibly interesting. Is it's very much its own sort of political landscape. Yeah, there's a lot of money involved. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. There's a lot of greasy hands getting paid for those burgers. It's wild. And fisheries, uh, some people are like working in fisheries is because it does fit into that picture, the larger concept of the food supply chain and what we put into our bodies and how we take care of that. And it's just amazing. And what's beautiful about fishing is that when our fisheries are healthy and our communities are healthy, you know, health is wealth. You know, because fish is so good for you. It is such a great protein to be eating, especially when it's wild caught. And it's like, wow, okay, you get sort of a, a double wealth bang for your buck with fish that you don't really get with most other sort of animal proteins. No, you don't. Yeah, fish is great. It's almost like the earth never expected a species to exist on it that would just be so violently, rapidly greedy. <laughs> that like instead of like a man with a pole and a string and a hook, we we have these nets the size of football fields that just like scoop up everything in its path and we sell it all over the world. It's like whoa, you well, can't do that. On? Yeah, it's not, it's nuts. And the Earth is only built for so many people. And I think we passed that like 1960, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. what are we doing? Now we have to start. Oh, we can talk about that all day, but um. Yeah, I know. I know your time's limited. I have so many questions, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to jump around like an idiot. But it's so great to have you on the show. There's always, every time we have you, and you know, we 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 say goodbye. There's always like more questions. So, I'm trying to think of like the the, the right questions because I have so many here. Why you think I want to show you something? A friend sent me this in the mail the other day. Oh, so cool! I knew you guys were gonna love it. And Matt, now that I know that you have cats, I know you're gonna love it even more. John has a cat too. We're big cat guys. Yeah, cat yeah. guys. Okay. We're all about the cats. Yeah. Dogs are a lot of work. Oh, that's, that's really awesome. Isn't that rad? That is that so is cool. Amazing. I know. Yeah, I gotta tell you. At first, all I saw. Oh, keep cats, it up. Let's take a picture. And then I okay. realized that they were sharks. I, I know. Was, it's, it's oh my god, bit, they're sharks too. Got it. That is so shark. cool. I, I gotta figure out how to hang it somewhere so it can be my background when I'm on all these calls. You got to think how to duplicate it, make it wallpaper and carpet everywhere. Take a picture of it. Please do it. How's um, married Matt, life? Let me show me the back of your t-shirt. Oh, Does yeah. You want to see it? it? Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. 
It says, stop the straw. Skip the straw. Straws straws are overall just not even good for us. And we we should have probably never invented the straw. Nobody's ever needed a straw. (laughs) Really. I don't even like them. Not because of the environment. I I definitely don't like it for that. I won't use them ever. I love them. Do you really? See, I like to just... You know, down everything, the hatch. Everything as fast as, as possible. There are companies, though, that are making reusable straws, like, more than ever. And it's really cool. Um, there's one company called, uh, I forget the name, but I, I see their ads everywhere. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, sustainable straws. And you, ju- you just get them and you use them forever. And, like, there's a cool kit. And it's not, like, a weird bulky metal thing that you're like, hey, let me, you know, they're, like, yeah. cool. Like, they're, they're like, What is carry. the texture? Is it is it? Because I see these metal straws, and I'm like, what the hell? That's like, it's not the same thing. They're yeah, actually pretty good. Really? Um, I like straws, and Ocean as part of the swag stuff, OC has them, and they're those like the stainless steel metal ones, yeah. and they're actually kind of good. They're not as oh. horrible as you think it would be. I don't know, like you get used to it real quick. Like it's not much of a transition. Yeah, and it doesn't, uh, there's not like any weird metallic flavor or anything like that. That's what I was so, worried about. Like, yeah. I don't want to drink <laughs> rust. It's not, okay, it's not the weird metallic flavor. But how do you clean no. them? They come with a little like a um, brush? pipe cleaner brush. Yeah, like a toothbrush thing. With yeah, and so you can and, like, you know, maybe don't have too many smoothies with it. Save it for like your pops or your... Whatever you're drinking with a straw that's not as Pops. smooth. Pops. Wait, wh- I forget. Where are you from again? <laughs> right. Um, I grew up in Seattle. See, okay, so they call it pop? They call it pop there. I think, right, West Coast is pop. You, what do you call it in Florida? Is it soda? Well, I grew up in Philly. We call it soda. Mm. Yeah, just soda. Florida, I think they call it soda. Mm. But like Pit- Pittsburgh and, and West, it's like pop. I would love to call it pop. I just wouldn't sound cool <laughs> doing it. Like you, you sound. I feel okay like you say it, that. Like, hey, you want some pop? They'd be like, what? I'd be like, you want some soda? I feel like on the Sandlot, you know, they were like, squints, get the pop, get the pop, let's do the pop. <laughs> Corey, I picture Ocean Conservancy as like uh, this big mothership where the the DC office is there, and then there's like these little satellites, kind of like Independence Day. Is that how it is? Are you guys, you guys, because you guys are a massive organization. The Avengers you, Tower. Are you like in a field office when you you report to work, or do you are you guys all working from home now? Like, how does that all work? We Remotely, are I should say, one hundred percent remote now. Um, but back before COVID, it was a little bit as you describe. We had the mothership in DC. And then a little sprinkling of remote offices around the country. We have one in Texas. We have one here in Santa Cruz. We have one in Portland, um, one in Anchorage, and a couple more. Oh, nice. Was the one in Portland uh, messed with? I don't think so. I think it was... Okay. Chop, chop, or chap, whatever the heck that... Whatever was going on up there. Yeah, whatever they had that unrest... That's no, I, I think it's okay. It it's just like interesting. a bank building, so that's good. I think it was okay. Yeah, because we talked about before the show, we always have this vision of the working conditions at Ocean Conservancy, and we just picture your day as like stroking a jellyfish, but they don't never <laughs> sting you. Like you're, you know, they just don't hurt you right. ever. You're, it's right. fine. Like Portuguese man of war, like they just won't hurt you because like you're one. It's like a them. team of Aquaman and women. Right. Very cool. Yeah. T- so yeah, it's like Aquaman's hanging out. 
Uh, like that. Hey, good. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell myself that. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> that's like a how, combo that's how of I like, take it. In my world, it's like Iron Man and Aquaman, like combined. <laughs> it's it's funny. I I like uh, I follow Ocean Conservancy. You know, like I said, all the social media platforms. I always like the Instagram posts, and once in a while, I'll comment like, "Hey, keep up the great work. This is awesome." And once in a while, you'll see like. Ocean Conservancy likes it. And I'm like, oh, thanks. It's like a little celebrity, like seeing your post. Because you guys are so big, you have all these followers. So once in a while, they'll like like it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, some, some you know, admin saw that or social media parts. Like, good intern. Yes, thank you. It's cool. You know? Well, thank you guys for being Ocean Conservancy fans. It's really so awesome cool. to get to talk to people that are so fired up about the ocean and, you know, protecting oh, yeah. the planet and care about this stuff. So. Yeah, I'm Clark Thank the Shark. Growing. He's growing, John growing. That's that's not his nickname. I am. I, I couldn't think. No, but no, it's cool. It's awesome. You guys do great work, and I know. Uh, I know we we ran over the time, so I I won't keep you. But uh, it's it's always awesome to see you. You're you're such a great yeah, well, great thank guest. Thank you for, for continuing awesome. to come back. Thanks so much for your support, and Absolutely. yeah, check out Team Ocean hashtag Team Ocean. I think that's a yeah that should get you more involved in OC stuff. Definitely. Stay involved and yeah, thanks so much for having me and yeah, and being part of this. Yeah, thanks for being on. Thank you. I hope you come back soon. And hashtag Team Ocean, check out Corey's blog on oceanconservancy.org. So I salute you, Corey. Thank you so much. Bye guys. Thanks, Corey. Bye. Happy Shark Week. Happy Shark She's great. Week. Happy Shark Week. Happy uh, it's shark. funny, man. I always like forget her like i don't forget her but when i uh when i see her pop on the screen i'm always like oh yeah th this guest of ours you know like we have such a, like a yeah. long list of people that like we talk to once a year we have a long <laughs> it's, decks. it's hard to keep track of them we do um, we should we should have people on the podcast that we only talk to once a year like like my dad um your dad wait, i can't no <laughs> By the way, Jeff Hasker's Facebook. They come, they come on a gold mine right there. Your dad shares these great memes and posts, and the comments are just gold because he's he's a lot like a lot of people in my family, and like my dad. My dad's not on social media, thank God. Oh, but, smart, smart man. Uh, I feel like if he knew how to do it, he would. That's just a learning thing. He's still like, I think he only learned how to use a computer like five years ago. But oh, wow, it's gold. But yeah, Corey. Um, yeah, she's one of the people we only have on like once in a while, and we kind of like forget. But when she comes back on, it's fun, and it's cool. Yeah, right. And I, in my head, I was like, I think she's from Washington, but I'm, I'm not sure, so I don't want to assume because she said pop, and then she's like, yeah, I grew up in Seattle. I was like, I remember you definitely. Yeah, right now. I thought pop was only like Michigan in Pittsburgh. I'm pinging Bob, and he sent us a message. Ohio. Uh, What's it's 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 dude it's 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 Midwest and as far as I'm concerned Pittsburgh is Midwest definitely well Penn State what do they call soda at Penn State I don't know why it's pronounced Penn State pop oh they do call it pop up there yes oh. yeah and they do that up speak don't you know yeah oh no. yeah really the oh, locals yeah. yeah 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 we call it pop do you want some pop what are you doing what are you doing you want to go well, over there and get down there and run over here. <laughs> Did it really? Losing it. They do, don't they? 
I remember when I first got there, I was like, no wonder people in Hazleton said that I had an accent because I, I just thought all Pennsylvanians spoke the same. And then I got to State College and it was like, oh my gosh, these people, they sound like they're from Kentucky. I always forget about that because I'm always like, yeah, it's from Philly. You know, everybody talks this way. No, you go up to even like Kutztown area. It's God's country. The, the, the like main difference that I always see is it was class. They say class. You go to class? Class. And I say class. They say class. class. I'm going to kick your ass. Kick your ass. <laughs> Do they say aunt? No, they don't say aunt or uncle. Oh, no, they do say aunt. A lot of people say aunt. I feel like aunt is, like, rare. I feel like it is, too. At first, I thought it was only, like, black dudes that said it. My aunt. I thought it was, like, old. I thought it was, like, a delayed... Uh, it was old time. It was, like, right? an old phrase. Yeah, it was, like, an old man phrase. But no. Uh, Gabe says to give him a call. Do you want to try the spicy sharker? Sure. Where's uh, Lord Coon's dick? I don't know, but he was unavailable on the call. I feel like we're striking out with Bob and the other guy. I don't know what. I don't know if it's my Skype or what. We'll try Gabe here. Yeah, yeah, I tried him before. He said he, he didn't see it. But if we get him on the show, this is the Spicy Shark Gabe DiSaverio. We have a lot of uh, juicy questions. Man, some free stuff. How do you know this guy? Just, just through uh, oh the hot sauce the the hot sauce company that were on the show they recommended yeah. him they're I guess they're friends with him because oh. the I guess the hot sauce community is like close knit and because hoss isn't hot right wasn't that their thing yes yeah they're not hot so they're not really in competition no yeah which you would think would be weird but. I guess right, like not. I would never recommend another podcast. Like I don't tell any. Like when people are like, what podcast do you listen to? I'm like, none. I'm too no, busy making one. Yeah, I don't that, do. I don't do that either. They're like, what podcast do you listen to? I'm like, none. Ours. Here you yeah. go. The only one worth it. Yeah. That's what YouTube down channel. Full House. The comic John. Check it out. Right. Yeah, Full House. We've 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 rocked out Full House. Growing Pains' big older brother was like Full House. It was like those two. Happy birthday to Sebastian Stan, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier, a.k.a. Bucky Barnes. Bucky Barnes, all the alliteration of the same letter of the first to last name. I do like the alliteration. Bucky Barnes, Bruce Banner, Peter Parker. I saw this meme where Captain America at the end of Endgame when he goes to return all the Infinity Stones... Uh, and he never came back. He just like stayed in the fifties. They said he uh, he worked really hard to get a television show to teach kids how to be nice to each other, how to express their feelings, and to respect one another. And he changed his name from Captain America, Steve Rogers, to Mister Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> to Mr. Rogers. And he was actually Mr. Rogers. Oh all, this, all this time. Mr. Rogers. Fred. That's great. That's so great. Fred. The great Fred. Uh, Did you watch the Tom Hanks movie? No, I was just going to ask you that. I haven't seen it. Me neither. I don't know why. I like the story. I know it's like about a, a, a you know, an a reporter 
trying to like crush him. Yeah. And Fred like makes him his friend. I thought it was great. Uh, the reviews and Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers. Like who else? You know, it's perfect. He's the nicest man in the world. Ooh. On film. That's who you want. Ooh, 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 ooh. Did you get a chance to watch Greyhound? No, not yet. <clears throat> it's on my list, though. Is it good? That's on VOD, right? True story, too. I'm gonna Remarkable. Say this. <gasps> it isn't a bad movie, but it's about a third of a movie. Dude, when I tell you it's only the battle, it is only the battle. And it's only 90 minutes. So it feels like there's like maybe another hour like missing. So maybe oh. not a third, like whatever the math is. But it's, it's, it's missing so much character, story. Like it's, oh. it's just the battle. Like there's this two-minute thing with Elizabeth Shue, and then it's just the battle. Really? Yeah, no character development. Like you don't know any oh. of the it, it's still good because it's Tom Hanks and like at night it's like really fucking cool and it, it's a, it almost felt like Taken where it was like, all right, here's all the action. But Taken was a little more developed, but you know what I mean? Like the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. giant chunk of the movie was just like action, 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 action. And you oh, really, wanted, really? Those, you wanted those Tom Hanks moments and it was mostly him just calling orders and predicting, and, you know, like, I don't know. The story's cool. Yeah, it's just the battle. It's almost like as if it, remember when they made the movie Battleship. This should have been that movie, <laughs> Battleship. Yeah, it's like the Battle of Midway, isn't it, or something? Battle of the Atlantic. Ah, okay. Okay. Oh, that's what it is. So it's just a. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's lacking a little bit in the character development. It's Which, really cool. Yeah. It it absolutely is. There's no, like, it's just, dude, I'm telling you. It's like a half hour goes by. They build up to when he finally leaves. He's getting ready to leave. They cut that half hour off, and he's just getting ready to leave. It's oh, World War II. It's, it's, whole, it's like, just the battle. And it's like the end of it, and we've won, and they're kind of like the last, I forget what they were doing, but it was his first trek you know, across the ocean oh. and German U-boats would come in and they would, ha they would hack into their CB radios and we are going to kill you. We are going to destroy you. We are the, we are the wolf pack, you know, like, this, like generic, generic German speaking English. Leftovers uh, from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like Dr. Yeah. Jones. It reminded me of uh, Harmon Zola from, uh, Captain America Civil War, that guy put his oh, consciousness yeah. into a computer, and he's like, I am here. I am I always am here. here. <laughs> so, like, was it kind of disappointing? Aside from Tom Hanks being great, was, like, the film kind of... I mean... I didn't I hear much about it. When I saw the previews for this, the previews were just battle sh scenes. And I was like, That's oh, true. There's going to be an awesome battle scene in this movie. Nope, the whole movie is the battle scene, the battle. which That's is it. cool, but you just feel a little blue-balled. Yeah, I feel like to avoid the blue balls, they need to like a little character development, like because you got to break it up. If it's all that, it feels like build. A lot of times, it's too much. Build, build yeah, up. Yeah, you got to build it up. You got to build it up and enjoy the full play. But there are mo right, yeah, you got to get the balls tight. Uh, right. But there are moments where you're like on the edge of your seat. 
That's pretty cool. I, I I think I'd probably still watch just to check it out. I I like most of the stuff he does. It's I like more movies. Minutes. It's only nine yeah. minutes. You blast right through it. It's fun. But Did again, he... uh, that I, I get why it's not getting Oscar talk. <laughs> no, it's uh on VOD, right? Did you have to like pay for it, or is it streaming somewhere? I I went to my site that I go to that rent ah. to AFTA A F D A H dot TV. After you can just rewatch this, uh, and yeah, watch it on my laptop. Oh, I just went to Afghanistan TV now. I'm wiretapped. Shit. Oh, there's a good show on. What time is it? Is it Thursday? Yeah, nine thirty. Oh. Yeah, yes. Pooping Burkas. in a hole contest. <laughs> oh, breasts and burkas. We're gonna check this out. Uh, I did watch the pilot of Lost the other night. Are those your eyes? Are you after tense? you watched it? <laughs> Is your eyes? <laughs> Makes no sense. I watched the the pilot of Lost after you did. I I watched it that day and I texted you about it. You were like, I just watched it last night. It's like one of those itches, you know. You 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 satisfy that scratch. And you're like, ah, oh, it's pretty good. I think I was watching. Have you seen this this the schmodown on YouTube? It's like basically schmodown. Like schmodown. It's like the. It's basically like a trivia contest about like movies and, and like comic book shit and, and wrestling combined. Like they have entrances, they have belts, there's like tournaments, schmodown. Yeah. S C N. I forget what that stands for, but, uh, these were all, this is another arm of collider that, that split and started his own thing. This is cool. Dude, Chris Jericho and Kevin Smith are like the grand finale, like at the end of this month. Uh, the, you know, so they face off one on one in like pop culture geek trivia. Should be oh, this is awesome. cool. Jeopardy meets WWE. Oh, this is gonna be a. Uh, it's gonna be some late night clickings going on later. This is cool. They get the guy who does the voice of Darth Maul. Uh, Whitmer, Whit, Whitwer, Sam Whitwer. He does the voice of Darth Maul, the animated one. <clears throat> and Freddie Prince Jr. Those two like pop up every once in a while. Oh, cool. Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> Freddie. Why? What's he doing? How's he sound? He, he's a nice guy. But he's the guy in the group where you're like, if you were any uglier, you would not be hanging out with us. <laughs> oh, really? Like, He's so good looking that like everyone just puts up with him. He's so like it's almost like he wished wishes he was funnier instead of attractive. You know, because he can't be both. He can't be really good looking and funny. Just like no, doesn't work. No. And doesn't he, he like he wishes he could like trade some of his looks like for some humor because he just says things and you're like it's like no one said anything. People oh, just talk really? over it, move on. It's kind of hard. It, <laughs> Is he still flawless looking with his yeah, gorgeous yeah. tan skin and perfect since, hair? Hasn't aged since I know what you did last summer. Still married to Sarah Michelle Gale. I mean, probably a nice dude, but in that setting, a little out of it's place. Awkward. Is out it out awkward place. where it's kind of like uh, forced? It's just like, it's almost kind of like because of his reputation as like this pretty boy, you know, like rom-com kind of like, B-list actor, I guess. I don't even know what to consider him. It's almost like he's 
trying to prove he's one of like the geeks. It's a, it's like yo, if you okay. just be yourself, that'll come off very easily. It's like he's overly trying to look like a geek, and it's weird because he's an actor. You'd think he'd be able to pull it off, but you would think so, yeah. But he Ooh. also wasn't known for like his acting chops. He was just like this good-looking guy that they're like, yeah, just put him in stuff. I used to watch this movie with him and Julia Stiles that I used to love. Oh, really? Making out during my old girlfriend. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. They used to always get a cake. Like if they were going food shopping and like one of them wanted to have sex that night, they would buy a cake as like a, a heads up. Like if they were food shopping together, they'd like pick up a cake and be like, hey, got the cake because they'd have sex and then go eat the cake. Oh, yeah. kind of like that tradition. Yeah, and then he drank a bottle of the soap that she used to bathe in, bathe in because she dumped him. Oh, that's that's not normal. It's dangerous for the kidneys. It's like this throat. turned this turned from a rom com to a Stephen King <laughs> chapter. <laughs> Do you, right? What's your policy on cake? Do you eat cake if it's not an occasion? Do you and hey, I always have cake around the house, like a like a nice piece of chocolate cake. <sighs> Cupcakes, cakes muffins there's usually some sort of jewish comfort food in the house oh yeah uh, jcf even the um the like uh, mar- <laughs> what's it called like marble cake oh yeah a little coffee nothing oh. like it nothing like it the middle and the swirl but with the whenever with the, uh oh whenever the beautiful rainbow shows up he comes with boxes of it oh and it rains down and and your mouth is open and your clothes are off because you just want to bathe in it like a tongue, like a slivery, non-herpy tongue. Just, it's so good. A padded tongue. We've been eating chocolate cake lately. They got chocolate cake. There's this pizza place near us. It's like one of the best in L.A. It's called Diabore's. Even their sandwiches are good, which is rare in L.A. So they started like doing more things to like get creative with COVID. So they're selling these like elaborate chocolate cakes and stuff, like homemade, probably by like some very talented Mexican woman in the back or something. And it's delicious. And it's like you get it by the slice. So I got like three slices of it just to try it. It's oh. so good. Oh, what a good I, idea. I slices cake. of cake. Yeah, I don't even eat cake. Like even at birthdays, I'd never eat cake because they're blue on it. I'm like, I don't want spit. I'm just, I don't like every birthday cake, but I was like, I'll try this. Well, we it's don't have to so worry about good, that dude. anymore. Yeah. It's blowing up their candles and uh, sharing it with a group. Yeah, uh, that's that's one good thing about COVID. No, no more of that nonsense. I do love cake. <laughs> I do love cake. I love all sorts of cake, even carrot cake, very underrated cake. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, and I think the title of tonight's show, <laughs> or I, I want a t shirt that says, We've been eating a lot of chocolate cake lately. <laughs> I'm going to write this down. That is the name of it's the like, show. At that point in your life, it will only go down from here. Yeah. No, there's no, there's no bouncing back from that. There's no topping. We've been eating. There's no topping an era in your life where you've been eating a lot of chocolate cake. Like that moment comes yeah. around once in a lifetime. And yeah, you don't, you don't bounce back from that. And neither do I want to. I'm here to embrace the fall. You know, it's happening. But the chocolate cake is good. Face first, oh. the cake with the stuffer. Oh, it's so good. I do like when people get fancy with the cakes. And they're like, ooh, I, I made you a red velvet. Which nobody likes red velvet. It's disgusting. 
It's okay, but it's just it's red. There's yeah. too, you can't eat. You're not meant to eat so much red sweets in your body. It just is weird after like a piece. And I, I feel like nutmeg and paprika. I feel like the icing, the icing on it is basically cream cheese on red velvet cake. I'm like, this is, this is a little too like cheesy. It's not like, no, it's not like your typical ice cream or icing. It's a little too savory. Welcome to the cake hour. Welcome to the cake hour. Bake and shake and cake and bake. But yeah, like uh, we, uh, but yeah, I, I feel like uh, cake's a little underrated. We're trying to do some more cakes lately. Cake is—is is it underrated or is it just that you know, it's it's just so much. It's not something that becomes, you know, yes. like normal. It's overused, but done right. It'll kill you. It's. I think it's underappreciated. It's more just thrown out there, like, hey, it's grandma's birthday, cake for everybody. All right, I guess we're doing. Heavy sweets in this baking heat at 2 p.m. But like at nighttime after dinner, when you want a little snack, get a little cake, glass of milk. Oh, my God. Like Heather made Heather and Hannah made cupcakes uh, today, and they made like 50 of them. I can't believe Ooh. I was like, what are you doing? And there's a plate down there with like six of them on it, and then there's another plate with like 10, and the one with 10 has tinfoil around it. And the one with the six, Heather's like, I just didn't cover it because I know after your podcast you're going to eat all those cupcakes. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Fuck it. As she turns on the light, you're crying. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like just thinking right now. I'm like, I because you just said cake and a glass of milk. I'm like, I better have something like that downstairs to go you destroy. Better. The cake and the glass of milk. There's nothing like it. Or a delivery from oh, the fudgy. No. From the Fudgy Wudgy Man. I mean, any of those things is great. I've never uh, experienced the Fudgy Wudgy Man. I haven't either, but apparently I don't even it's know big. what it is. I, I always confused it with Fudgy the Whale, and is that Corvell? And what is Corvell? Like this yeah. ice cream cake delivery company? Yeah, what is Corvell? Is it Charleston Shoe? <laughs> is it Charleston? Is it Charleston Shoe? Weird local long-standing Pennsylvania food companies. A treat. Come get your picnic soda. Try try Zevia. So what's it like there, man? uh, Zevia is good. It's like the only good... Sugar-free. It's the only good pop. It is good pop. I do like Zevia. Zevia is really good. Have you tried their, like, cola flavor? Yeah, I've tried all of it. Uh, Because I've only had, like... What if I what if I had like ginger ale because I was like nervous, so I I, I eased with a, a good oh, ginger ale, and then like they didn't have a lot of it, so there was like grape soda, and that was fine. Yeah, but I want to try the Coke. It's not bad. I never bought it. We have uh, the place I work. One of our distributors or clients is Zevia, so they sent like a bunch of cases to the office one day. I think like last summer or like late last summer. Sponsor of yours. Yeah, yeah, for the for the the place I work at, they sent um or they were. I guess they they paid for some event. They did something, but they sent like oh. say up like a case of all their flavors to the office. There's only like six people and I think like three people drank them. So it was just there forever. So oh. I always have a Zevia if like for a drink and it it was good. I I really liked it. I see it in stores a lot more now too. Like I I'd recommend it. I think it's pretty good soda. Yeah, I uh, I heard about it and Pretty I looked pop. for it. And Publix has it, and Ooh. it's very limited. But yeah, I'm getting into it. It's definitely better for you than Coke or diet soda. Oh yeah, 
You know what's but, fun with Publix is walking in there without a mask and seeing how far you can make it in before you're YouTubed and some guard grabs you? Because I feel like I see that on the news a lot. It's always wait, like, say that again? Say that again? What's funny at Publix is walking in there without a mask and seeing how far in the store you can make it before your body slammed and put on Instagram. Because I feel like in Florida, that's like the panhandle is where all these unmasks are. It's always guy in Costco gets his ass handed to him. Guy at Walmart in Fort Myers pulls out a gun, gets his ass handed to him. Floridians, Floridians now to take care of themselves. These people all get jacked up after they do it. But we have to remember that for the majority, it's not Floridians. It's angry northe- <laughs> Northeasterns who bring that rage down here and are basically just looking for something to fight about because oh. the sports talk radio down here mocks sports. They don't really do, you know, Levitard, he's, he's, he's kind of like a parody of sports talk radio. It's not like Philly where you can call and scream at the, at the hosts and oh, talk a shit. Different climate. But I saw this video of this bonehead screaming at these people working like these people that were at work wearing a mask and this guy's yelling at him he's pointing he's screaming he doesn't have a mask on they're in this like deli and his kids ended up like having to like pick this guy up and carry him out of the store like dad shut up like leave him because this guy's like you're a pussy wearing your mask like you, you look like such a bitch with your mask on you know this thing isn't even real meanwhile dude Guys wearing glasses inside the entire time. Sunglasses. Oh, there you go. Of course. Wearing, wearing sunglasses the All entire time. All those UV time. rays at the Costco, the Costco lights. It's like, you look like you're blind. <laughs> yeah. I have a theory about the no maskers. First of all, there, there's, it doesn't stop to hurt you from breathing. It really doesn't. That's just, and if it did, you shouldn't be out anyway. Because you have a problem if it, if it is... Yeah, if you're struggling to breathe, you have a deep. Yeah, you yeah you're super, super. Um, uh, Stamina is shot. Yeah, yeah, you're you're super um, prone to dying from a respiratory illness, coronavirus or not. If a mask stops you from, you know, gives you difficulty breathing, but I feel like a lot of people are just scared. They just they, they're the people that probably don't believe in climate change. They don't believe in science. Sorry to get political. They probably voted for Trump, and they don't like that they can't do their way of life, and they're pissed off. And that their that their way of handling that is saying, "I'm going to wear a mask. It's freedom." And it's that's just stupid. It's ignorant. It's like that shit doesn't happen in L.A. I mean, it does. Like once out of a million people, maybe some asshole walks into Trader Joe's without a mask, but it 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 doesn't happen in places like this. It probably doesn't happen where you are. Miami, it happens in these like shitty towns. And these, you know, I don't want to say uneducated, but ill educated, like not good, not good education. You know, they're ignorant, they're uninformed, uh, they're what we call low income, but not the kind that you're thinking of. Uh, not, <laughs> not the kind that where they're piled on top of each other, the, the part, the kind that they're so spread apart. Yes. There's no communication. There's no interaction. There's no learning. There's Brilliant. no evolving. It's just stand still as stagnant as the swamps that they build their houses on. <laughs> that's that's, that's got to be isolated at 106. That's perfect. Uh, but that's so true, though. But it's just, uh, it's crazy. It's hilarious. But you're right. 
Yeah, just don't know. And it reminded me of someone who, remember when you're when we're kids and you learn, we're a free country, and you say, I can do whatever I want, it's a free country, or do whatever you want, it's a free country. Right. You know, like, that mentality is like, I'm not wearing a mask, it's a free country. It's like, oh, yeah. But this free country apparently can't save you from this virus, so if you get it, you'll probably die. Right. That's so true, and it's like, well, I don't have to wear pants, it's a free country. It's like, well, you you do, it's a policy. It's like, no shoes, no shirt. No service that no shoes yeah. and no shirt. That's that's as much as we'll put up with. If you want us to wear a mask, then fuck it. We're gonna cause a riot. We're gonna right. embarrass ourselves on YouTube. Yeah, we're gonna get mad. And it's crazy. Some police departments are like telling their officers they don't have to wear masks, or they better not wear one unless they're in court. And it's like, what are dude, you doing, dude? dude? What are you doing? I forget his name, Billy Wood or Billy, some sheriff in in a county here. Was like that's what I'm talking about. No one, I don't want anybody wearing masks. And uh, dude, reading this guy's quote, I swear I googled this county's sheriff department like phone number. I was like, I have to call and ask what what is your reason for not wanting the masks? I can't understand what they say. Well, then your ears are ineffective and you need hearing aids because yeah, somehow people at fucking Chipotle and Starbucks. You know, like they're all making it work with these masks. So the people True. protecting everyone need to just figure out a way to <laughs> get just get them the best masks. Whatever. Right. And if that and if that were true, wouldn't every police department be like, We can't hear, we need better masks? It's so amazing. And it's it just goes back to my my theory, or actually it's Agnes theory that there are no bad inventions. It's just once humans get their hands on them. <laughs> Like, remember that Bluetooth headpiece, the first, like, little wireless, like, headpiece that would, like, blink blue? It was, like, the first thing that you could wear in your head and talk. Yeah. I was like, that's the dorkiest thing ever. And Agnew's like, well, it's not dorky. It's just, for some reason, at the beginning, all the dorks were wearing them. (laughs) That's a good point. And making them look bad. Think about that, though. That that blew my mind because it was all the the dorks and the guys that— yeah. Would also have a cell phone with a case outside of their belt Clip that had it. Belt. It was like, hey, Jim. Yeah. yeah. Well, so then you're Jim. like, well, I'm not going to look like that guy. It's like, well, yeah, but you're not that guy. <laughs> but it's practical. If you think about the technology, I, don't, I can talk and not touch my phone. This is great. Heather got those earbuds. Oh, nice. The, the ones that you could talk, talk through your phone as well. Even though they look too much like Ben Stiller and something about me, and like it looks like come dripping out of your ear yeah but i know what you're talking about especially if you only do one yeah but then if you i don't know i i, I still think it's pretty amazing they just need to uh, change it a it little works yeah less like dripping semen a little modifications from less semen drips to more uh, ear yeah. uh, situational devices <laughs> republicans are trying to decide whether kamala harris is legally black oh my gosh is that a real quote uh, yes, she's legally African American. It's amazing. They st- like you said, they don't know how to like deal with this. They're like, "Well, which route do we go?" Oh man, there's some video, dude. 
Oh my god, Alyssa Milano posted it like yesterday. Uh-oh. And and Apollo Creed retweeted it. Uh Carl we- Carl Weathers, that's nice. the truth. This German shepherd is locked onto this dude's arm and the dude is handcuffed and they can't get the dog's fucking teeth off this guy's arm. And the dog's going like digging in, like trying to like get the dog. What is it like a police dog or something? I mean, dude, this this looks like George Floyd too. Oh shit. This dog should be tranked immediately because it just can't let go. It's its jaws are locked onto this guy's arm. Three cops standing around just can't get this dog off. Yeah, they're holding they're holding the guy down. (laughs) I thought they're supposed to give a command and the dog like stops. Isn't that the point? Uh, Again. Goes back to my point. They should be trained once a fucking week. That's a good point. Once a week, or a week, a month, every month, they go to training and they learn how to do all their crap. Shouldn't cops have to do? Maybe they do. I don't know. But shouldn't they have to do like a CEU every year? Like Jen does insurance. Every year or two years, she has to do her continuing education credits, where she has to take a test to get recertified to deal insurance because laws change and she needs to know how to handle herself or she'll lose her license. I feel like cops should have to go back to the academy every like five years for like two weeks to re- to learn because think about it. Some of these cops have been cops since like the 90s or the 80s and they graduated and that was it. Then you give them a gun and they're a cop for 40 years and they didn't change with society. Right, and they just kind of like watch it from a distance and like slowly adjust in real time. It's like, no, pause everything. Send them away, teach them about what the fuck is happening with the evolution of humanity, and right. the idea this country is trying to you know pull off and and shift yeah and 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 learn. It makes sense. Wouldn't it make sense to like reeducate police officers every year for two weeks or five years to be like, hey, these things are different now. It's like even to like even doctors go to like conference you know like speeches that like other doctors from around the country get you know like they go to like these conferences where they like listen to new medicine that's why they call it practice medicine because it's like it's never like you know achieved makes perfect sense you got to evolve um i know we're getting later there i wanted to ask you a quick question before we wrap up tonight i know it's it's getting towards the chocolate cake hour there. Uh, I know. Uh, let's fun. see if Bob can do like uh, tomorrow or Saturday. I'd love to have Bob. And do the, I want to do this Jaws trivia. I got it. I got it on deck. Yeah, you want me to wait Bob for Bob? Or do yeah, you want to do do taste? All right. It's a cool trivia, though. It's pretty good. Uh, I'll give you a preview of one of the questions to show okay, you. Okay, yeah. When we Just first see Quint, he's walking into a pub. What is the name of that pub? No idea. That's a great I, I question, though. That, but that's one of the questions. Uh, before we go, I want to ask you a quick question. I read an article. So this today. is no joke of a uh, trivia. It's no joke. It's not like what was the name of the boat, the orca. Right, you right, got right. it. It's right. it's very detailed. I think the hardest question is like who was the first victim to die, or the easiest question. I mean. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's like one of those. Uh, but I was reading an article today about it, and it was one of those clickbaity things that apparently my algorithms all show now because I read the one about the Star Wars the other day and like why Darth Maul will never get a film. Which, by the way, I read that article. Like, I really did post a picture of his wife blowing him and post that on Instagram. That's fucked up, dude. 
He yeah. said his account was hacked. I'm sorry. Right, I know. It that's doesn't happen. First thing he said. It's like either your account was hacked or somebody just picked up your phone and posted that video. And you film your, you and your wife doing that? Like, come on. But anyway, uh, the article today said the number one thing that all Star Wars fans can agree that they hate. So I clicked on it. And oh, it God. was... What was it, John? It sounds like either we got this covered or... Oh, I'm trying <laughs> to guess the website that baited you with that title. Oh, um, I don't even think the website was real. It is just like, an interesting headline. Whatever was written in it, who cares? It was the Sith dagger that shaped like a mountain in Rise of Skywalker. Does every Star Wars fan hate that, John? Do you guys all agree that you hate that? Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't participate in the hate of Star Wars. Um, I just think and talk about what I like. Uh, it's really hard for me to say, "Oh, I hated that." It's like, hate? Did you hate it? <laughs> I mean, it's just something. But that thing. Dude, I swear, J.J. Abrams and Colin Trevorrow, like, I don't know, Kathy uh, Kennedy, they really fucked up over there uh, with that because that thing was just, dude, the whole, all the MacGuffins in that final Rise of Skywalker were just so out of nowhere. They were like, uh, never heard of this before. This is all like new shit that is like convenient story pushing. <laughs> like, it's just so hey, convenient. What do, got, what do you got in the prop department? I got this. Bring it in. It's going in. Pro, protractor sword thing. <laughs> Compass or whatever. Bring it in. So but, stupid. But, but you don't I, really hate it. But I, but everyone does agree, though. It was, it was a dumb MacGuffin. It was just like, it, what do you do? It was, it was like an out of nowhere. And like the odds of her holding it up against the mountain. And it at this, it, it's just I, yeah. it's too, I don't I, know. Yeah. When I saw that, I thought the same earned. thing. Nothing I'm not even earned. an avid Star Wars guy. I yeah, but you're a story guy. I saw the new ones once each. I no, I saw the I saw uh, Force Awakens twice, but I enjoy them all. But when I saw even when I saw that, I, I watched it. And I was like, what, "What are you doing?" The Last Jedi is easily the best. Yes, it's the best standalone film. Star Wars too. Adult Star Wars movie. I'm I'm interested to watch that again. You we talked about that a few shows ago, and I like your take on it because I I respect your opinion. I like it more and more. And when I hear people like say it's the worst one of all and it ruined everything, I'm like, it did not. It was good. It was so like what it should be. It was like that was the most realistic place to go. You have to have struggle. Your characters can't be invincible because then there's no story to tell. Right, then it's not interesting. Right. Then it's like Taken times 10, where it's like, right. oh, he's just kicking ass. It's Taken with Luke Skywalker or Superman. Right. It, it just, you need some kind of struggle. And I thought about what you said the last show, when you said, uh, you know, the, a lot of the, the, the people that watch these movies that criticize it, they have this expectation that, well, it's going to be as good as The Empire Strikes Back, because that should be good. And that'll never happen again. It's kind of like Jurassic Park in a lesser scale. First one was the best one ever. And then they're like, oh, well, Fallen Kingdom didn't have it. You're like, yeah, it wasn't great. But do you expect 1993 Steven Spielberg? Like, that era is over. That was before CGI, really. Like, that's that'll never happen again. Right. If Jurassic Park was released in 2000, it would not have been the same movie it was. Because we would have been dumb to CGI and all that. 
The fact that Jurassic Park was so good was they used animatronics and CGI. Yes. And if John Williams' score wasn't in it, it would not have been as good. That, like, brings it out. So that's why it's a perfect movie. Right, and, like, all that hitting you at once... Oh. It's not going to be duplicated. Sorry, it's a it's a one one unique singular experience, and right. if you try to like chase that, it's going to be like heroin. You're going right. to end yeah. sad, yeah. depressed, blogging about it in the gutter. <laughs> where where not wearing your masks inside of public. <laughs> right. That was a great trailer. We can put tonight in the W. You want to uh, slice, slice this? Let's slice it up. This is a good one. It was. Uh, uh, I'm I'm like kind of confused by Bob. Uh, oh, did he? Did he send a message in the thread? No, he didn't. And I'm uh, I'm I'm sad that we didn't get your boy on, but let's see if Bob uh, can do this weekend. Even though I think he may be getting down on one knee this weekend, heard some rumblings and proposing to that beautiful girlfriend of his, who I really am excited to meet because I'm really proud of how he walked away from something he was just not happy in and he chose to show his children a happy version of himself you know to strive to be like and he found somebody who seems awesome that's awesome very well said yeah i wish him a lot of happy that was perfect so that's going to be our show tonight thank you for Corey ridings of the ocean conservancy for coming on thanks Corey. with the comic john I'm Clark the Shark. Thanks for listening to Nerd35. See you next time. God, good night. Godspeed. Do we? And have a lovely... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>